staying at the top of the interview here today. My guest is Brent Kirby. Brent Kirby is a local legend. He has done way more than I can cover in one episode, and I tried to I tried to track his journey a little bit and knew a little bit about where he was and all that he's involved with, and uh, we touch upon a, a lot of things. Um, Brent is playing March 27th virtual CLE shows with Emily Keener and Jenna from Knights. This interview was a, I came in a little like caffeinated. I haven't, I've been uh, quarantined. I haven't really needed coffee. I just been waking up at like 11, and I was a little jumpy, a little more jumpy than uh, maybe some of the other interviews. But man, coffee's good. Forgot all about it. Anyway, okay, Brent Kirby, here he is. Listen up, friends. Hey. Hey, man. How's it going, Brent? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Let me get some... Uh... Turn up this volume a little bit. Can you hear me all right? I can. Can cool, you hear cool. me all right? Yeah, I can hear you, and you're picking up good. Yeah, I like FaceTime way better. For some reason, with my board, it works much clearer than Skype. Um, yeah, I, I haven't used either, so I'm not sure. <laughs> you're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the way of the times. You know? Yeah, man, it's weird. It's weird. Weird. Are you uh? So you said you were staying kind of clear of a uh, Facebook. Is it because of all that? Because of all the people <laughs> playing gigs? Well, you know, mainly what I did is I just took it off my phone. Oh, okay. You know, and I, I've had fits and arguments with myself over that. Like I take it off and then I put it back on. Really, I, I you know, it's a necessary evil to to a musician. So, you know, you kind of got to do it, but. On the other hand, I just if I'm going to be around the house all day, I don't want to hit on my phone because I'll just be tempted to look, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to visit it a couple times a day and get in and get out quick. That's a good practice of it because you're right because you can't, you can't do music nowadays without like being able to invite or send the, 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 the event page or post it somewhere where people can get access to it or get access to you. But if you got your phone in front of you, you're just like, oh, cool, that's what... Uh, that's what Brent's doing. You know what I mean? Right. It's so easy to get involved with that and like sucked into it. Was it? Well, I'm it's, a, it's, it's more about being present, I think, around the house. You know. Yeah. You just in, in, you know, with the with the family and the kids, and just and my wife, and making sure that I'm listening and <laughs> paying attention. You know. Yeah, there's enough to be uh, distracted by as a I don't know as a musician. Trying yeah, there to is well. Just as a as a normal person in this society, there's a lot. Very yeah. true. Yeah. Was it? How's that been going as far as the uh, quarantine distractions? Has it been a? Has it been easier to focus and do more family oriented stuff? Or has oh, it been, definitely. Yeah. It's been easier to, to focus on those things, and you know, I've had a, I, I feel like I've worked hard and a lot, and um, so I'm out of the house a lot. Uh, you know. So there's just my to-do list is, has, has kind of stacked up. So, you know, I just kind of go with what I'm feeling for the day. But uh, yesterday I built some shelves for the closet, you know. And nice. I got some sawdust out there and, you know, that felt good. I hadn't done that in a while. Yeah, so it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing in many ways, you know. Yeah. I, uh. I was thinking about like a couple weeks ago before. So I think last time we talked was Bright Winter in the Chris, yeah. in the VIP lounge, hanging out back there. But we like, were, we were 
it, it wasn't cool. It was a good hang. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've been so slammed with like teaching and gig after gig after gig. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for spring break. Just like I want to sleep in and have to do nothing. And even on a spring break, I still have to go do normal gigs. And so like this first week of uh, like uh, when everything started to go down, my nursing home gigs, they shut off right away. And then yeah. the school shut off. And I was like, whoa, I get time to like work on things. And like right. I wish it wasn't because, the, because of a pandemic, but I'm glad I, I did. <laughs> I got to get a minute to breathe for a second. And then four days in, you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> We've all been shoved into this space without uh, – any anticipation really, you know, and, um, I think it's going to be a great thing for, uh, all of us as human beings to spend time around family and to, uh, you know, be with ourselves and have to think, uh, you know, have to deal with whatever those, those things we have to deal with every day. But sometimes we probably shove aside because we don't have time to deal with our personal feelings or our emotions or things like that. And, I feel like that's, uh, you know, we're going to come out of this um, hopefully more uh, empathetic and thoughtful people, you know? Yeah, I hope that's so. That's my hope. I, yeah, I, that's I a good hope. That's a good hope. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's better than the alternative for thinking about it. For sure. <laughs> I think there's going to be a large amount of people that come out that way, that really take yeah. this time to self-reflect and be with a in the moment type of deal. Cause I think as soon as you start to think out of the moment, that's when the panic really starts to like creep in. You're like, Oh, what's going to that caught on me. But if you can really hone in and just like take it day by day and learn to keep that mindset, it'll probably help out with the rest of your life when this all pan uh, all blows over. I think we're definitely going to figure out what we need and what we don't. Yeah. You know, sure. Those things are going to come clear into focus. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I think we should make some legislation that uh, Americans get two weeks off, three weeks off every year. You know, that would be sick. I think I, in, I think European countries do it. You know, yeah, I, I was going to say I think do, so. France. France has like a lot of a uh, lot of time off. I forget uh, who's telling me that or the 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 scope of that. But I heard France has a lot more time off, and like they take out like small businesses will just close for weeks and be all right. <laughs> It's not right. panicky. I mean, you know, it's, I don't know. It can be done, obviously, you know. Yeah. What was it? What was it? So we already started the, we kind of just jumped right into it. We're at the Zig at the Gig podcast. I'm hanging out with Brent Kirby talking about, uh, we're going to be talking about your show with a uh, virtual show CLE. Um, so with this whole COVID-19 acad- ap- ap- academic, it's all, it's academic um, <laughs> outbreak. <laughs> we're, learning. we're learning things. I have, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been trying to use my time to like do just that. I wake up every right. morning. I got like four hours of like learning stuff I don't know, and trying to do a practice of just that, and trying to be creative and practice creativity. But that aside, what was it a uh, with this whole outbreak that really like hit home for you when you realized this was like a thing? Because everyone I've talked to has had different, um, whoa, realizations that this is happening. Um, you know, I think it was uh, two weeks ago today that uh, I got out of school. Uh, I'm, I've been teaching in Grafton, uh, yeah. teaching songwriting at, at a 
public school in, in Grafton. And so I had spent all day um, at the middle school and, and uh, on the way home was listening to the governor. And then I heard, you know, we're closing the schools. So then I thought, you know, damn, there goes that, you yeah. know, what and, was that? Uh, uh, Thursday? Was that, that a was thir- a Thursday? Yeah. yeah. I got the and same so, memo. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. I mean, and so that was the definite realization. It was like, okay, how close am I to a giant Eagle? You know, yeah. okay, I'm eight minutes away. I'm going to go buy all the crap I need right now, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I was glad that I did. Cause by the time that I got out, the, that place had transformed into a, a zoo. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. It was, it was real weird. Like, um, I don't know if your school's done it, but our school is working on doing um, online lessons, right? So Thursday we get that text, or we get that we have a group chat chain that all the teachers get saying the next three weeks you're off, come in tomorrow. We're gonna prepare some online lessons and take it from there. And then like even then for me, I was like, uh, really? And then the next day I went to a the good kind that coffee place. You're in Lakewood, yeah. right? I'm in, I'm in Cleveland Heights. Cleveland Heights, okay. And, like, they wouldn't let me use my reusable cup. I'm like, whoa, this is, like, it. <laughs> like, school <laughs> shut down. They're not letting me recycle. <laughs> and then, uh, so we're, we're prepping all these online lessons and stuff, and it's just, like, it wasn't, like, sweet three weeks off. I was like, whoa, this is weird. I don't. Are you guys doing anything like that with your students? We are. They're at spring break this week. So next week we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more. Um, gotcha. You know, I have, uh, I have one dedicated songwriting class and then I work with some other groups there too. So, uh, it, it remains to be seen what level of involvement will be there, but, um, I know there'll be some Yeah. and, uh, I'll be able to still kind of continue, you know, what we started there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen. It's all a brand new, uh, you know, place for for us to be in you know yeah what's it to, to to do that stuff it's weird man right now we're doing all this stuff and i'm trying to i'm trying to, everyone's it's like the wild west of lesson planning <laughs> like everyone's doing something different and every teacher and parents trying to figure it out to explain <laughs> what uh with your students how long have you been doing that how long have you been teaching well i've been teaching i've taught with Roots of American Music, uh, which is a nonprofit out of Cleveland Heights um, that puts music in the schools. I've been teaching with them for years uh, with different residencies and different programs. And then um, Midview High School, I taught there two years ago. Uh, I had a residency there. And then this is an all-year residency. So I've been there. That's awesome. uh, uh, Pretty much on average about four days a week. Wow. So the whole school day, four days. So and do it's you been, see uh, everybody, like uh, all the grades, or are you like middle school? Uh, middle up? school and high school, okay. mainly. Yeah, but I've been, I've been lucky enough to go to some of the other schools and work with, um, you know, third and fourth graders and the fifth and sixth graders and write verses on a on a district wide song that That's they're cool. putting together. So nice. it's it, it is it's cool. Excuse me. Wow. No, it's okay. <laughs> Wow, that's cool. Like, so with the the roots of America, right? Roots, roots of American music, yeah. Okay, how long is how did you get involved with that? Is that a nonprofit um, you started, or no, no? Um, Kevin Richards is a, is a, is a friend of mine, and uh, I guess I got to know Roots of American Music within my first week of moving to Cleveland back in two thousand one. 
Okay. And so, uh, you know, I, I worked with them. Uh, we ha- they had their first um, uh, fundraiser at the Sam Ash store. And then, uh, you know, Kevin has always been really great about getting me involved in different things that they're doing. And so I've worked in the office and uh, him and I went to Washington and, you know, uh, knocked on some doors and yeah, that's talked awesome. to some people. Yeah. So it's been something that's kind of been uh, in my Cleveland experience. Roots of American Music has always kind of been parallel to, to me and everything that, that I've been doing. It's always kind of that presence has always been there. I really appreciate everything that they do. And they've given me work when I've needed it, which is the best thing, you know, and they still yeah. continue to do that with all sorts of musicians. So especially when you're doing music full time to kind of have like an organization that will work with you. It makes a big, uh, a big difference, especially financially. So that's really cool. I think diversification is the key to making a living as a musician. You got to oh. do more than just one thing, you know, 100%. I'm sure you can attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the best, uh, do you know George Hartwig? Sure. Um, furious. Yep. Furious George. <laughs> <laughs> He uh he was like my first exposure to someone who can do music full time. Like, I met him at a mic night, and he was telling, and I was just at that age where I was going to mic nights trying to play, and he was telling me he was going to do it full time. I'm like, whoa! So I've kind of seen him from when he started going at it full time, and seeing someone who didn't do it but could do it. So it was kind of like a path. And George yeah. would always uh quote Bruce Lee's um uh, to be like water. Like, water can fit into a cup, water can fit into a bowl, water can flow and water can crash, be water. And I was like, he's like, that's like how you have to be when, you, uh, when you're when you doing music. You got to be able to fit in a country group, you got to be able to swing, you got to be able to teach, you got to be able to lead. Just just like how you said. I think that's a, a, a fundamental uh, mindset for uh, anyone who wants to do music as a full-time career. It's always George, changing. George told you that? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a smart, wise thing, George. <laughs> yeah, George is a he's a he's that guy's incredible. He can figure out anything and put his whole mind to it and knock it out. Um Man, I lost my train of thought. I haven't talked he's been streaming a lot too. I everyone's been streaming a lot. Um A lot of streams. Yeah. A lot of streams. That's kind of a cool idea for a song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's going to be a lot of great music that comes out of this. I think in the end, uh, you know, if you stop musicians from what they're doing and they have to hole up in in a, in a house or a place of some kind, they're going to do what they do best. And so I feel like, um, you know, at the end of this, we're going to see a, a music explosion. Yeah, you know? that's going to really be sick. Think- I really think we will. I think we're going to see some great stuff that'll come out of people. Quarantine. That'll be an exciting time for sure. Um, so you were saying that was a, the roots of American music was a kind of a foundation when you came back to Cleveland. So you were from Wisconsin or I I grew grew up up? in Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, uh, moved, uh, St. Louis and Nashville and Chicago. And then here lived in Columbus for a little bit. Um, but yeah, 2001, I've been in Cleveland since 2001. Okay. And were you doing music? When did you start? Like in Wisconsin growing up, when did you start playing and writing? You know, I, I, the age is, is a little bit murky, but I want, (laughs) I I know I wasn't of driving age and I, and I want to say I was in 
I think I, I think it was thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. That I started to play out with bands. And that was guitar. That was drums. Drums. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're playing drums with the um, new soft shoes, right? No, or, the Ohio City Singers. I played. Drums Ohio with. City Singers. New soft yeah. shoes is the Graham Parsons. Um, That's the Graham Parsons band. Yeah, I play guitar in that. What? So okay, so you started on drums. When did you switch over? When did you Dave Grohl it to <laughs> singer songwriter? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's a funny thing for drummers to want to get out behind the kit and like express themselves, right? Uh, uh, in college, I, I picked up a guitar and um, I couldn't well play drums in a dorm room. So, yeah, uh, you know, a guitar offered me some type of musical outlet. And I think, you know, I yeah, I, I think I've been writing songs ever since I could try to do something yeah. with a with guitar. I think uh, as a drummer, you're kind of like you're kind of at this like riser, seeing how the whole song like fades out to some degree, right? Like you're kind of driving uh, well, that ship. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I think that the, you know, there's drummers that I really um, that I think about and and drum parts that I think about, and I really think the ones that I that are the favorite to me are the ones that um, you know just kind of serve the song. You know, uh, not too drummery. You know what I mean? Not yeah. too much that it just has what it's supposed to have to support the song. To me, as a drummer, when I play, that's how I approach things. Well, I, think I appreciate that's... people who do that. You know, as yeah. a songwriter, I guess you know I think about the song for sure, the whole yeah. thing, the whole package of it. Um, right. But yeah. as like a as a drummer, when you're when you're playing like that, is that kind of like? I mean, that's that's how you are now. Now that you're a songwriter, but would you kind of foresee like the whole like I'm driving this 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 ship of a band, or was it just like rocking out <laughs> when you're when you're drumming as your main uh, musical expression? Were you looking? Um, at, let me uh, let me kind of rephrase that. I'm sorry. Okay. Were you like looking at it as kind of like a, a, a an arranger of a song because you control the tempo and the dynamics, or were you just oh, rocking out? I have a rule. As as a musician, period. That that whoever writes the song has the last call. Gotcha. You know, and so you know, I think uh, I'm always open to if someone writes a song, I want them to kind of express how that is, or they can say, "Hey, do whatever you want," you know. Um, but I I feel like songwriters definitely have an idea in their heads about how things might want to go, and I want to know what that is as a, as a as a musician playing that song. So I, I definitely approach it. Um, you know, there's two things that I do when I play drums, I listen to the song, uh, and I don't think parts as much as I think moods and, and structure. And then I also just watch whoever's singing. I'm always watching them, you know, yeah. that's, that to me is who's leading the song. And that's who I'm going to watch as a drummer and who I'm going to pay attention to. Gotcha. Well, I think that's a solid, solid advice. For a drummer, I mean, Jay, if you watch, yeah. if you watch, I'm still it, learning, you know. Yeah, was it so when you switched to guitar and you're in? Co were you going for music when you went to college, or was this? Mm -hmm. uh, and where was this? Was this still Wisconsin, or was this it Nashville, was, Chicago, yeah. or <laughs> University of Wisconsin Oshkosh? Oshkosh, nice. Yeah, and you went for music. I did. Nice. What was it? Education? Uh, it was uh, recording engineering and music merchandising. Whoa. So I had a double major and then I had a business minor. Yeah. Um, 
and then it was a, considered a music major. So you had to do all the music major electives, um, you know, all the requirements for that. So the ear training and the yeah, theory and piano and yeah, senior well, recitals and the juries, know, music groups. Oh yeah, juries, yeah, lots, lots of different things. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Wow. Okay, so. What brought you, you said you went to Chicago next, so did you, you go through the whole thing? Did you stick with it, or did you uh, meet with a group and venture out? Oh, you mean just kind of going back? Yeah, um, yeah. I played with different groups with the different the different places that I lived. I played with different groups, okay. mostly drums. It wasn't until I got to Nashville where I actually was fronting a band and, and playing guitar and writing songs for that band and recording as such, and... Um, you know, I, I think about it now and I, you know, there's so much to learn. Um, I was going to say that's yeah. like, that's an intense place to be like, I think I'm going to try being the singer songwriter in the capital of singer songwriters to do that. In Nashville. Yeah, it was, it's an inspiring place for sure. And I met a lot of great people that I still, you know, follow what they do and, and uh, have the utmost respect for them. I mean, really, yeah, it was, a, it was it, living in Nashville was a great experience. That's awesome because I would imagine I'd imagine it'd be a little intimidating as like a as a new guy coming in here here in like the hub of where like the professionals are. Yeah, I think I, I had a little bit of, of uh, greenness that I didn't even see that sometimes yeah. <laughs> to be intimidated by it. You know, that's awesome. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I knew what was going on all the time. Fair enough. I guess that makes it easier to just go out there and do it. Because I feel like a lot of times, like when you see a performer who's just doing it, even if they're they're not aware of what they're doing, you know, they're not like, oh, they're doing the minor third, and now that's a tritone substitution to that. That's why that works. They're just playing it. There's something about someone just going out there and emotionally putting it all out and uh, not worried about the consequences per se. Yeah, not fitting in the box necessarily. I think that yeah, that's 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 when music gets interesting. Was it a when you went to okay, so you're you're Nashville and then you went to Columbus, then Cleveland? Man, I'm trying <laughs> uh, I'm trying I, to follow the map of Brent that's Kirby. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Wisconsin to St. Louis and then St. Louis to Nashville, Nashville to Chicago, Chicago to Cleveland. So were you singing in the front name bands in Chicago? I, you know, I, uh, I was working for Sam Ash music at the time. And so I was, um, wanting to, uh, you know, get promoted, uh, to, um, a position where I could have my own store. And so, um, you know, that happened. I was in, I was in Chicago for about six months and I had a band, uh, that I had started and, and was with, with a group of guys. And we actually had our first gig scheduled uh, on the Friday, but the Tuesday I found out they were moving me to Cleveland. Whoa. And so, yeah, <laughs> I felt bad about telling those guys I couldn't do that gig after all those rehearsals, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be in town. Sorry guys. You know? What? <laughs> Mate, so did any of that stuff from then when you moved to Cleveland, when did your luck per se start like with the band and like really getting involved with the scene? Um, pretty, you know, the, the, and I think you're referring to his luck, the band. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to make a pun, but so it didn't good, roll off, right? Kind of a, yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good, <laughs> bad it's a transition. Good one, sure. 
I've always felt lucky. Hey. <laughs> um, but uh, I, you know, I think I started. It, it wasn't too long before I started to play some music, and 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 uh, you know, at Sam Ash, where I was working, I was able to meet a lot of the musicians, you know, pretty much from the get go, and that was really helpful in me, kind of, uh, you know, getting to know some people in the scene and and uh, just kind of starting to integrate myself into that, and so I started to play and and um, rehearse with different bands, and you know, I think at one point I was in seven bands i mean you know how it goes you yeah know, yeah just, yeah I'll, I'll you know i'll play with you i'll play with you i'll play with you and just i've always kind of been that way you know music yeah. is just like i it's always just been around me it's when i wake up or when i go to bed it's always somewhere close you know and so i think it was a natural progression for me to just kind of dive into that gotcha in a music and store. then just start started to play around and then you know different bands uh, you know, started to kind of take more priority than the other things. Gotcha. When did his luck develop? Was that just... That was, um, I want to say, uh, so I've had, you know, with my solo material, and that, and I guess that's not stuff, there's, I write music for the Jack Fords. Yeah. Um, and then, so then I have that stuff, and then I have kind of my solo material. And so there's always been a band with that kind of, material um and the band's name has changed but his luck uh i want to say it was about five years ago when okay. we were kicking that around well jack when we, when we started doing it yeah okay was jack ford's before jack ford's uh was in, uh we met and started the band in uh it's either i think it was february of 2005 Okay. So we started the Jack Fords. Wow. Okay. So you came here in 2001. All right. So you're busy. <laughs> I, I've always been busy doing something. Yeah. yeah. I feel it. I feel it. It's a good way to be. It's weird. Uh, yeah. I get restless. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to be weird about this uh, this break. <laughs> like, that's why I'm calling you. <laughs> that's why I'm trying to do something. Yeah. No, yeah. you're doing it, man. You're doing it. A lot of people are. Michelle's doing it. Uh, you know, there's so many people that are doing uh, amazing things. It's been really, it's been really awesome to watch. You know, people just kind of saying this is what we're dealing with, and and figuring out a way to connect. Uh, you know, with people just like we're doing right now. Yeah, know? yeah, it's weird. It's a. Uh, have you tuned into one of those virtual CLE shows yet? I have. Yeah, it's crazy how like uh, how even though you're so distant. And everything's through the screen. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a ten by three, or it's kind of like a, a, a the manic mic night or a gig. It's, it's almost, but you're in your room and you're in, the, in front of a screen and like, it's a strange phenomenon that you can be so close but not. I think that's what we're learning right now. You yeah. Know, how to, how do we be close but not be in the same physical space and, you know. Um, this 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 particular uh, quarantine would be a different thing if it was the 1990s or the 80s, you know. Yeah, for it sure. It would just be a completely different type of feeling. Um, but the fact that we have technology to do all these different things, I think, is a really uh, is a great thing uh, for people when they want it. You know, mm -hmm. I think some people shy away from it. I know I have my 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 back and forth with you know, being tied in. Sometimes I want to be, and sometimes I don't want to be at all. Yeah. And, 
And uh, that's just me trying to find balance in my life. And I think it's probably different for everybody. But I think the fact that we have it is really a, a positive thing for people to be able to get through this particular part of our lives. Because it's a moment that, uh, not a moment, but these are days that we won't forget, you know, and we will come out of it changed. And um, and also, we, you know, our interactions will be different as well, you know. I have a feeling that, you know, you will probably continue doing a podcast and and th th there will be, uh, you know, different virtual shows that are still going to happen. And so now I think the way that people connect with music and with people are going to change a bit, you know. Yeah. And I think it's all good, you know, as long as we're still talking and communicating. That's the main thing. For sure. Definitely. I, I stumbled upon a, a quote from uh, Joe Strummer. Um I forget, a couple of days ago, and it really kind of resonated with me with everything that's going on. And the quote was, without people, you're nothing. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if you really think about it, if no one's like, and that, that was really, I don't know, blowing my mind at the time. And so, sure. and that was right after doing Gaul's, I think I did Gaul's second show. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so hyped up from it. And like, Joe's right without people. I'm nothing <laughs> like, and I, I think that uh, to some degree, what, what you're saying and like, and it, whatever way we come out of this and whatever way we learn to communicate. And, um, I think those interactions are going to be more maybe appreciated, hopefully appreciated and hopefully more, uh, like, uh, I feel like if we would go on Facebook now and see some band doing a live stream, it's gonna it's more appreciated than maybe like a month ago if some band was doing that. Sure. Yeah. No. I think I think that's definitely true. And uh, I think that that appreciation for someone doing something and making just expressing themselves in some way is gonna be hopefully is equally as appreciated after all this. I, I think it will be. I think it will be. I also think, and my hope is that, you know, that people, when it's safe and everyone feels comfortable, you know, um, that they'll get out and see music, you know, because I think yeah. the one thing that um, that uh, that I know I'm I'm missing is just that interaction with others while playing music. And I think that you know, live music is different than music over the internet or recorded music. I mean, when you see somebody live and they, they're doing their thing, you can feel it, yeah. um, you know, more so than you can, you know, by watching it on a screen or, you know, just being, being in the physical presence of, of music and seeing that happen, hearing it happen. Uh, I think that that's the kind of thing that stirs people's souls you know, and that's the reason why we do it. So I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, in the end, like people will appreciate, man, you know what I really missed while I was under quarantine was just going out and seeing bands. So I hope people go out and just like, you know, go out and support bands and, and, and songwriters and whoever else is doing music just to, to experience that and be around people, you know, to yeah. watch that and experience that together. Even I think that's something that I know I'm, I'm missing that connection, you know. I think playing playing a lot of gigs uh, makes you very attuned to a room, makes you very aware of, uh, you know, 
where things lie, the energy that's in a room and, and, um, you know, having that on a regular basis is really a refreshing thing. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's negative or sometimes it's positive, but either way you're getting something that you're having to, uh, process, you know, and, and therefore then be able to emote as to how you're feeling about it by playing, you know, and that's not something that can be done now. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all need to be in the same physical space for that to happen. For sure. I've, there's some bar gigs where I feel like they go as equally as excited (laughs) as the online shows where you're just, well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. But Ray had a really good way of thinking about it. And, uh, he said, uh, if you're doing good, um, you start to, you become part of the atmosphere and, uh, if you were doing bad, the atmosphere is going to be changed and people are going to notice it. And if you're doing good, the atmosphere is going to be set. And I, I'm uh, I'm summing it up a little different than he did. And it's going to be set and it won't it will go unnoticed just because it's a different relaxing type of atmosphere. I think, yeah, Ray and I have uh, and Ray's wise, uh, obviously, I, I Ray and I have had a lot of a lot of conversations about gigs and, yeah. you know, finding this end within a gig you know, wherever it is. And I definitely feel like there's a layer that, you know, if it's a bar gig or a restaurant gig or something like that, it, there's really a layer that, that isn't, that if you exist in can be a really, really easy place to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, the equivalent to kind of just, you know, setting your cruise control in your car on a busy highway, you get over to that lane and all of a sudden no one's in your way, you know? Wow. That's a good metaphor for it. Thanks. Yeah. I just made that up. <laughs> That's good though. That's good though. I'm re- <laughs> I was trying to stay away from sports. Everyone uses sports metaphors. So yeah. Um, was well, car. Sports cars. They, everyone does it, observes it. It makes sense. Another yeah. uh, thing thinking about even just like when you see a band or see a musician live, you're sound waves are changing the air, right? They're traveling through air. They're changing the, the, like they're traveling through the molecules of the air, they're physically changing that. So to be in that place and be actually affected by that change, I think it resonates more. And hopefully, like going back to what we were saying, or what you were saying with after all this is done, hopefully people crave that and want to come out and actually be in it and not just uh, afraid to go out. <laughs> like that's one thing I've been kind of thinking about. It's like the how long will it take before everyone's cool with being in groups of people. I think we're going to have to go backwards from where we were starting here. You know, Yeah. I think that probably what will happen is they'll start to ease restrictions on certain things. And so therefore, you know, people start to kind of test the waters a little bit and it'll be a gradual thing of, of opening society back up in a, in a, in a healthy way. And, and, uh, you know, I think that at some point, uh, it'll be a gradual thing, but I think people will feel start to feel comfortable again. You know, I hope so. I yeah, think, I mean, I hope I, so. I I think that's a good way that the coming from top down that would be a good like way for things to go back to normal. It was all right. Now you can hang out in a restaurant, but it's every other booth and <laughs> like. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to learn about social distancing. We're going to think about that all the time. We were walking today and. Uh, just taking a walk and, you know, there's an etiquette now that I've found to walking along a sidewalk. If you're going to run into a group of people, like it's, you know, 
as long as it's safe, you know, you can go off onto the road and then you can pass. So there's a good social distance between the two, you know, and everyone seems to be, you know, well aware of that. And uh, I think that's good. You know, I, I just hope that doesn't change the way that we interact with people that were so distant physically, you know? Yeah. I've been a hugger for a long time. It's been hard <laughs> not to hug people, you know? I feel that. Or even yeah. the, the switch it from uh, the, the hug to the fist bump to, like, the hey. <laughs> like, the, yeah. <laughs> and then the hey from six feet away, and now the digital right. hey. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, cool, man. Do you got any, uh, any new releases coming out? Seems like a lot of our friends are about to have release shows next month, and... <laughs> Yeah, that's a real that's a bummer for them. I, I, you know, I think that they'll 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 be able to find their way. You know, for sure. Um, and people and and people are kind of a closed audience at this point. You know, what I mean, you know, you can really speak to them in in a certain way because uh, they're starving for new music too. Yeah. Know? But um, but I've just been working on some. Uh, you know, I, I did a writers retreat in January. Yeah, uh, you know, spent a couple of days by myself writing some songs and. Um, I've been gathering songs for a while and Jack Ford's, uh, are working on a new record and, um, yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hoping to get uh, a new solo record out this year. Nice. I've been saying it for a couple of <laughs> years now, you know? Yeah. We'll, well see. So when you were writing for a Jack Ford's, uh, record and a solo record, is there any difference in approaching it or do you just write a song and this one fits to this and this one fits for, I guess myself. Um, well the Jack Ford's the way we've been writing, which is something we've never done before. Usually I would kind of bang out a tune and teach it to the band or Bobby, the guitar player and I would get together and kind of and write a tune, write the music and then I would write the lyrics and then we'd introduce it to the band. But this time, we've been getting together and then just hanging out and eventually starting on something. Somebody starts something, somebody does something else. And then we just start, you know, a, a bit like sculpture pounding it in the shape, you know? Gotcha. And so we have uh, many ideas, uh, just more than, more than we know what to do with, I think, uh, of, of, of new songs that we've all to put together you know, as a group, which is something that we've never done before. So that's been a really uh, fun process. So me, not necessarily writing songs for the band, but the band just kind of writing songs for themselves. And, hmm. and uh, that's been a cool, cool process. So, yeah, the songs that, that are mine, they're going to be the ones I write. The ones with the Jack Fords, the new ones are going to be the one the band writes. So Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it is. It's great. It's is great any of these processes it sounds like that one just developed naturally but from teaching teaching songwriting do you find yourself falling into a some of your lesson or song strategies that you would teach your class yes some of them yeah you know i i what i've learned i used to and with this process it's a little bit different um because i've i've been i've before, because I would I would have written the song, I would have more opinions about what's going on, you know. Yeah. And this 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 way, where we're all just kind of talking about it and forming it together, and everyone has input and everyone has has uh, has a say, then uh, I've learned to you know just kind of let that sit back and develop, you know. And many times it's it's I'm the last one to add anything, which has been a you know a, a kind of a refreshing place to be. 
I think, you know, just as far as the evolution of, of that particular band, hmm. um, it's been a really fun thing uh, to just kind of everyone's input counts and everyone is, is adding something to it. And that just makes it, uh, I think a much more enjoyable experience for everybody. You know, we all get out of it and we're like, man, it's awesome that we did that. You know? Well, yeah, it's definitely uh when you have a, a say in it, when it's a community effort in anything, if it's a show, if it's a, a song or a non-profit, whatever that may be, like the more people that can get involved into it, the more it's going to, ha- the more weight it's going to carry. So that's that's exciting, man. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one second here. I'll be right back. All right. My phone's about to die. Oh, okay. So let me just plug that in quick. Yeah, sorry. I, um, I, in- I uh, initially pitched like 20 minutes and uh, I'm sure we've gone over that, but um. Oh no, that's okay. It's nice to talk. Yeah, likewise. Um, but uh, what ended up happening was like in that group chat, everyone got back to me differently, and some people I didn't know if they were gonna get back or not. So I was like, well, if I have one to put out and try to help out this show, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'm sorry, my uh, my screen's like tilted up into light. I can't get no, rid of okay. it. <laughs> There's a halo over your head. Uh, yeah. Wow. I listened to the one with Emily. It sounded great. I, I, oh, I thanks, love man. Emily. She's amazing. Yeah, her story is insane. Like, to be 16 and then be thrown in a production, like, that big, like, I, I don't know. At 16, you're trying to figure out the drive. You're trying to figure out the fake your way through algebra. <laughs> Not, like, worry about, like, something as heavy as your career. <laughs> Uh, well, Emily's special. She's got, she's wise beyond her years. And, and, uh, just the way that she carries herself is just such a, uh, I don't know. It makes such an impression on me anyway. I, I think that she's just really so talented and just, you know, she, she came to the 10 by three, I think when she was 13. Wow. And, and, um, you know, that's when I started to know about her and I have all her first solo records, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, I just always thought that she was just really, there was something about her that was just really special. And, uh, it, you know, she's just so talented. Um, yeah, I'm, Very I'm true. thrilled to, to, to be playing this show with her and Jenna yeah. as well. Yeah. God put up a really cool lineup. She's been doing that for each show. It's not like, uh, it's like, okay, I can see them two on a bill and who that, and then who, and then like, for some reason, there's always kind of like that oddball, but it fits really well. Like, uh, right. you know, not that Jen is an oddball, but, um, but that I bill. I think I'm the oddball in, in this, in this. <laughs> or yeah, or even, you know what I mean? Or even, but, uh, <laughs> when I, uh, like Liz, I did one with Liz and Mikey and I'm like, I don't know if I know it. Like, I love all these guys musically and what they do, but it, it worked really well. And it, the transit in like, uh, who is it? Austin walking cane with Ray. Like I was like, okay, I've seen Ray and uh, Maddie do a lot of stuff together, but that's really cool that they got Austin involved. You know what I mean? Like it's it. God's got a good way of piecing together bills in a way that's not like purposely genre different. Yeah, you know I mean, even though uh, those bills are always interesting, and I feel like the oddball out the genre that sticks out, the acoustic guy at the rap show gets a you know gets a lot of applause just for doing something different. But, um, yeah. So when did you do the ten by three? 
When did you start that in your Cleveland your Cleveland career? Well, that would have been 2010. 2010? 2010, yeah. And what so, brought up what brought that about? Was it from well, playing with the brothers? Well, by brothers to, to if I wanted a night there and, and I was just trying to think of what I could do. Um, I remember very specifically, I was on vacation in, in Maine uh, and around New Hampshire, actually. And I was on the beach and I was talking to the owner and, and uh, you know, I'm just like, well, I just don't want it to be an open mic. It needs to be something different. It needs to be, you know, something special. And so I came up with, uh, that concept of it, that approach based upon uh, an experience I had in Nashville playing a place called uh, 12th and Porter. There's a guy named Daniel Tashian, who's a great songwriter, but also a great producer. And and he had a, a showcase at 12th and Porter every Monday called 12 on 12. And uh, so it was 12 artists doing two songs each. And uh, you would just call them ahead of time and you'd book your slot. And uh, I just thought it was a really organized way of doing things and um you know it just kind of led to some really incredible uh musical experiences for everybody and so i just i wanted to repeat that in a nod to nod to that particular event but then also to just kind of put something different out there and have some structure to it gotcha yeah because mike nights can be a madness especially i think there's there's they're they're amazing places for people to start um you know what I just wanted to kind of take the things that I really didn't like about open mics away and from the process, which was, you know, uh, not knowing when you were going to play yeah, uh, until you got there. Um, so you couldn't necessarily tell family or friends, you know, on a Wednesday night, it's hard to bring people out. But if you'd say, I'm going to play at eight o'clock, maybe they'll come out for a half hour or something, you know? And so having a, a scheduled time, I think is helpful. And then, you know, I was really just, uh, very strong, uh, very strong belief about it, it not being about cover songs, you know? Yeah. And so it needed to be about original stuff and that's what I wanted to have played. So that's, that was, you know, kind of the other approach I decided on that as well. No, that's super cool. Cause a lot of places, a lot of people go out and, you know, hit Wonderwall and maybe they're one, they're one they wrote. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that happen many times, and they they'll, they'll come and play the same songs, which is fine, yeah. you know. But I just didn't want this event to be that. And to have a place where you can be, where you can do the original, and it's all right to some degree. Like when you're doing a mic night, in some spots, you're like, oh, this is the one shot I have to maybe uh maybe uh, impress the 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 bartender who might say something to the owner to make it a gig. They're like, oh yeah, they did all these covers. And if you'd come there and do your own stuff, depending on the place, that's going to not spark anyone's attention. So like yeah. to have a, have an outlet for that is really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's hard to, it's hard to, to say, you know, what's going to get you a gig, but I think that, um, you know, I'd rather just play original songs and get fired for playing those, you know? Yeah. 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 Was it when you started it? How long did it take for okay? Because you're coming at a mic night with structure. Once you start to put structure in anything, it does it. People, it takes a minute for people to get hip to how it works. Like, sure. How many weeks did it take before it was like the night's full? Um, they're they're listening. You know, what I mean, they're coming in with all originals, arguably. Well, the, the, the original thing was pretty. I didn't have any problem because I 
pretty much strictly enforced it, you know? Okay, cool. Um, and so that was something that just kind of never really had too many issues on that, you know, and, and all this time that I've done it, there's only been a handful of experiences where people have kind of stretched that to a point where it was inappropriate, I thought, but, um, yeah, I, I well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, it had to take a couple, a couple of nights to, to really get it going, but, but, uh, for something that's, it's been going as long as it has been going, like, that's impressive. Not too many mic nights last the year, let alone two years of a night. So to have one going for as long as you have, it's definitely an achievement. I feel lucky. I do. I feel very fortunate to to be facilitating it, and I kind of feel like it's not me who's doing it; it's everyone else that's doing it. I'm just kind of, you know, opening up the, you know, opening yeah. up the place to make it happen. But the listening room stuff, I think, is important, you know, and that's something I started, I think, three, four years ago, and um, that aspect. You know, I just thought, you know, here we are on a Wednesday night and there's people playing original songs and people just need to, you know, shut up and listen to them because I just wanted a space like that. Like if I had a perfect world of how I thought that that uh, an event like that should be, I just have tried to create it. And um, the the great thing is, is that, you know, Brothers has been really, you know, uh, supportive of everything that I do. And, um, you know, there's open communication and we discuss things and we, you know, talk about things and, and we try to improve and, and, uh, you know, so I feel like a big part of that whole night is actually brothers having a, having uh, a good partnership with them, you know, has really made it, made a difference because I don't think there's a lot of places you could go into and and say, Hey, I'm going to have this open mic, but by the way, I'm going to tell everyone to shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, were they, (laughs) you mean those people over there that are having dinner, you're going to tell them to shut up. Yep. And if not, they got to leave, you know? So it's, it's somewhat, it's somewhat bold, but, um, I hope my hope, my hope is that, uh, number one, that the musicians feel respected when they come there, uh, and that they can feel what it, what is like when people listen. Um, and the other thing is that I think that when people do listen, there's a different energy in the room and that's when those greater musical moments happen. I say this all the time at the 10 by three, but it, it really, I believe it that, you know, that, that energy is put towards the stage. Therefore everyone feels it. And the performer, the musician, the songwriter rises to the occasion and uh, that's the thing that I live for. And it never fails me. It never, every night that I've been there, um, even some of the nights that I can say were disasters still had, you know, these redeemable moments that were like, ah, that's exactly why hmm. I'm doing this. So I do think it's the people that bring the energy to that. Definitely. Wow. So like, with a what was a redeeming what was like a moment I don't want no that's probably a bad idea to bring up what was a disaster and what was the redeemable moment but uh, uh, well the redeemable moments yeah let's go with that much easier to talk about yeah <laughs> disasters I kind of don't yeah even remember because I think I blocked them out of my brain I just move on so quickly you know I don't put a lot of stock into it but that's but, a good uh, the, but the 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 things that I've seen you know are are somebody like Emily you know 
yeah for instance who who came there and played when she was young and you know i followed her doing her thing um it's just you know it's been amazing to watch ray flanagan you know watching ray do his thing michelle watching michelle and and just there's there's been a uh a connection with that place and the people that I think is just uh it's a really special, special thing. And I don't take it for granted at all. You know, I really feel like there's been a good group of people that have come through and there's always, uh, you know, you see people fall, but then you see people who you wouldn't think. And I, I know, you know, this too, because you, you posted open mics, like the person yeah. that you think is going to be like, the most not fun to watch or the most uninteresting all of a sudden will just blow your mind because yeah. they do something or say something and you'd be like, ah, oh, that's what I was <laughs> waiting for. Thank you. True. True. And I guess that's the, I mean, everyone you've mentioned and many, many more respect that space you have and the opportunity, opportunity you give them with that space and how you've conditioned it to be what it is. And it's such a unique, a unique experience that it's going to, it's going to, I imagine, always have that moment that you were talking about that comes out of just listening and having that. But like how you're saying, there's definitely the people that will drop a thing or do a thing that you wouldn't expect to come from that person that changes your whole perspective on how, how things should run or how things should be. And it's, that goes back to that, just that listening and how important listening is. Yeah, I definitely think when people listen, you're going to catch those moments, you know. They get so easily lost sometimes if you don't pay attention. Definitely. And they go by quick, too. <laughs> they they <Maybe>. do, <laughs> you know. The inference in something is this, it's just like conversation. What what did you say, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like, I missed that. What was that? Huh? You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep, got to be listening. Cool, man. Well, I think... Uh, We'll cap it right here, man, because I think that was a good spot awesome. to end. And I really appreciate your time and uh, um, making this happen. I uh, appreciate your time. I appreciate everything that you're doing. I, I listen to the Emily podcast, and I haven't listened to, to the Rays, but I'm saving that for uh, another time. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, I really, yeah, it's, it's, it's. I love Ray, and I'm sure Ray's got interesting things to say. So he definitely does. I'm that was a. For, I'm looking forward to listening to that one. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate it, Brent. And uh, the sound all right? Over the phone stuff, over the yeah, podcast, I, yeah. I think this works. You okay, know? cool, cool, cool. Let, let me know if uh, you need anything from me, but um, yeah, thank you for everything that you're doing and, and talking and shedding light. You know. Well, thank you, and it's this Friday, so I'm gonna put this out tonight because uh, that's coming up soon. This Friday, tomorrow, 8 p.m. virtual show in your living room, Brent Kirby. All right, Brent. I'll see you, man. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. See you on Friday. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.